I met Catherine Guidry when we came together in a peer mastermind for online business owners in the Southern Louisiana area. It's been over two years now since we started The Go-Getters and Kat is, I've just learned so much from her and she's one of my favorite people. When we recorded this episode, Kat had one daughter and another on the way, but now she has two precious little girls. Catherine Guidry is a New Orleans-based wedding photographer, podcaster, and educator. She has successfully built a debt-free, multi-six-figure business over the course of the last decade and is now helping other photographers embrace imperfection and pursue their passions through her education. Kat opens up about her fears and challenges from juggling the demands of being a wedding photographer and the uncertainty of pregnancy to how she handled clients who did not respond positively to her wanting to start a family. It's a heartfelt, honest discussion that I know will resonate with many of you. Her passion for her craft and dedication to her family are just some of the things that I love about her and are truly inspiring, making her the perfect fit for our community of CEO moms. Welcome to the CEO Moms Building Wealth Podcast, where we redefine success and empower moms to thrive in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Kimberly, a wife, mom to four young kids, tech strategist, and business owner times three. We'll dive deep into the unique journey of moms who are taking charge, building businesses, and creating wealth because we know that life is about so much more than just financial success. Join us as we explore the stories, triumphs, and challenges of these incredible women who are balancing entrepreneurship, motherhood, and everything in between. We'll discuss strategies for building thriving businesses, nurturing our relationships, and taking care of ourselves because let's face it, being a mom and a CEO requires a superpower. This isn't your average business podcast. We keep it real, raw, and relatable. Just genuine conversations with amazing CEO moms who are rocking their lives while building wealth on their terms. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, find a cozy spot, and get ready to be inspired, empowered, and know that you're not alone. Together, we'll shatter glass ceilings, redefine success, and show the world that being a CEO mom is the ultimate superpower. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Moms Building Wealth Podcast. We are here with Kat Gidry today. I am so excited to share you, share her with you, and just let her introduce who she is because she's an amazing person. So Kat, take it away. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. I am very excited um, to be on your Moms Building Wealth Podcast as a fellow mama and business owner. Yes. um, Thank you for having me. So Um, obviously, you know, I'm a mom, like I said, I have a two year old. I'm also expecting my second little girl, um, in six months. And, um, so that's been an adventure being pregnant again (laughs) (laughs) while trying to run my business. I'm a wedding photographer by trade. So it's a very physical job and, um, you know, lots of weekend work and stuff like that. But, um, I am almost 15 years in, 13 years about full-time and two years part-time. And that's what I do all day, every day is weddings and planning for the wedding photography and shooting and all the things. And it is really, really, really fun. So yeah. Love it. Yeah. And I've seen your work. It's incredible. So I think you you. kind of answered one of my first questions, which is, um, which came first, your business or your babies? And it sounds like your business came first Mm -hmm. for you. Definitely, definitely the business. Um, We were, so my husband, um, Brad, and I met whenever I was in architecture school. We were both in architecture school and, um, you know, obviously on the path to becoming an architect. And then I was like, 
you know, starting to dabble in photography, photographing architecture, photographing people and decided, I think I want to photograph weddings. And Brad was like my number one supporter. Um, but yeah, we, we started that, um, journey. I started my business officially in 2010 and, um, you know, have spent the past, I guess, 11 years pre-Opal, our daughter building that business and, and, and honestly being scared of, of having a baby because with weddings, especially, um, it's, it's, you know, it's a big investment and people are invested emotionally, financially. And I was like petrified to tell people that I was pregnant and, um, you know, honestly, like we had one experience that wasn't a great response to us starting our family, but I think if anything, it just shed light on the fact that like that really wasn't the type of person I wanted to do business in, with anyway. And, you know, they, you know, just, re it just reminded me of the fact that like life is truly more important at the end of the day. And like, you can still be a professional and a strong business owner and mm -hmm. also a mother. So, um, but yeah, business came first. Business was around for a long time before baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like there are two things that I want to dive into here. Um, Okay, I want to, uh, so that I don't forget because I have mom brain, so the, I want to dive in if you're willing to that client who kind of didn't give you a good response and like how that made you feel as a business owner. I would love to dive into that. And then the other thing I would love to dive into is, um, you know, this, the transition that you had from being a business owner for so long before kids came into the picture and like being scared of that. I would love to dive into that one as well. So would you be willing to dive into both of those with me? Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in an effort to just like not disclose, you know, any private. Yes, 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 yes. Just kind of your person. side. I guess essentially what happened was that, um, you know, I made the decision when I found out I was pregnant to give people the opportunity to leave their contract. Okay. And I don't think that's something that people have to do necessarily, no. but I felt like that in my mind was going to make anyone who did decide to stay in their contract with me feel like 100% confident in the backup plan and, you know, just good about the situation. I didn't want anyone to feel stuck because, mm -hmm. you know, being pregnant, it is a physical thing. It does affect not every occupation, but it does. If I'm being completely honest, it affects being a wedding photographer. For you sure. know, it affects your movement, your built, your speed, like all the things. And so, um, you know, let those few clients know, um, Hey, you know, you have the ability to leave your contract and, spoke with this bride on the phone. She was like, no, we're, this is great. We're so excited. Da, 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 da. And then um, it just so happened to be like during a time where, uh, you know, it was during the pandemic and there was other things happening and other plans and arrangements happening simultaneously. And they um, rescheduled their wedding for a date that I was not available. Okay. And the agreement was that during the pandemic, we would all work together in order for people to, you know, reschedule their wedding. Mm -hmm. And when they rescheduled for a date that I was knowingly, like I let them know before they rescheduled, I'm not available for that date. And this is what will happen if you choose that date. Um, the father then came back and pointed to the pregnancy and said that they wanted to get out of their contract because I was pregnant. But that was actually not the entirety of the circumstances. Okay. And so during that conversation, it was, it was just, you know, it was very enlightening to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I bet. that 
you know, I don't even want to go into any more detail. That was like the situation, the conversation happened and, um, and I released them from their contract and actually I did give them their money back and I made that decision to do it, but it, you know, it, it just, it wasn't a great situation to experience yeah. from the side of you're already in the pandemic, you're pregnant and you're trying to do business fairly. And I felt that it wasn't a fair situation. So that was that, but everyone else was like wonderful. Thank you for sharing that because I feel like a lot of other moms who are business owners have probably had moments in their business like that where we feel like we're being, um, what's the word? Like we feel like we're sort of being penalized for being moms or for being pregnant, right? And I don't, I don't think it's fair. And my dad used to always say life's not fair, but I don't, I don't think it's fair that that happens and that we're made to feel that way. But I think like we probably all have moments like that in our business as moms where we feel penalized for choosing to have a family. And I acknowledged that, like, that it truly does have a physical impact on, and and I and I gave that opportunity. Yeah, it sounds like you were really fair and like upfront about it, right? And I think that was the hardest part for me was that it almost felt like a back, like a backhanded um, situation. So anyway, so that. That was that. And then what was your second question again about? The other one was, you know, having been in business so long before having kids. And you said like you had a little bit of fear around it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering if you'd be willing to like expand upon that just a little bit for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, like when you're in a situation where you're, you know, you feel in control, I guess. Like, oh, you know, the business is great and life is great. And I have (laughs) my, my, my finances worked out and I have my time worked out and everything's good. And then you're like do I really want to rock the boat and I think it you know having a child and becoming a mom and and changing any part of your life when you get married when you have somebody move into your home like all these things are scary right but um I think it was that like just the unknown and 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 not knowing like with such an emotional trade like how people were going to respond and even when people are saying congratulations I know the empathy person in me also knows that they may be disappointed right like they they spent time and effort and energy and money like figuring out okay this is the person I want to hire this is the artist that's going to document my day and like you can't really have someone replace you exactly right and I do I do empathize with that and I do realize that and it is hard um but at the same time like I had Opal when I was 34 I think Um, and it was like, you know, I want a family. It's pushing, it's at the point where I'm 34. Like there is a biological clock here where I cannot continue to push this off any longer out of fear that I'm going to upset someone. And the truth of the matter is it all worked out, you know, even for the wedding um, I did miss, I did miss one wedding. Um, the day Opal was born, I begged my doctor to let me wait until after the weekend and she said, uh, I, had diabe- I had gestational diabetes. And she said, well, if you come in and get your ultrasound on the Friday and then get another ultrasound on the Monday, then I could let you go at least until the next week. Um, but when I went in on the Friday, she sent me straight to the hospital to yeah. have her. And, and, and I'm, in that situation, my doctor said, look, I know your job is important, but if this were my child, like my human being living inside of me that relied on me to make this decision, I would just go ahead and have her because it's unsafe. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know, we had, we had a great backup plan and 
Um, they were ready to go. They knew that this was a possibility. The family knew this was a possibility. And honestly, it all worked out. The pictures were amazing. They were happy. And, and now that bride has a baby. And, you know, and now she gets it. <laughs> and she got it before. You know, they were wonderful. Um, they were so wonderful. But, yeah, it, it all worked out. And, and now that I'm entering into, into this again, um, again, I'm empathizing with my clients whose dates are around my due date, but we have a strong, solid backup plan that I feel very confident in. And that I think that's more than, than we can ask for, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And I think, I, I thank you for sharing. Cause I think that these are just like, these are the real life struggles that we have as moms and business owners. And I think sometimes what clients don't realize is that we are really making decisions with their best interest at heart like we are trying to find a solution but like you said we can only push off for so long our own personal dreams and desires you know and and and, I mean I used to lay awake thinking about clients problems at night and I'm like I have my own problems to lay awake and think about at night I really can't afford to be laying awake for an extra hour every night with two little kids at home thinking about your problems because you know you didn't listen to me or you know so I I think that none of none of us as moms or women we're not intentionally trying to do this or intentionally trying to um, do something negative against our clients but I think that we deserve our own personal happiness and fulfillment as well. Um, so I, I love that you shared that story. Thank you so much. Okay. So one question that I like to ask is what do you think is the biggest benefit of being a business owner as a mom? So, oh my gosh, I think there's so many benefits. I think, um, you know, from my perspective, like as a person, I think it's made me a lot more intentional, um, in terms of like my time. It's made me set up stronger boundaries in terms of my personal life. I think it's made me evaluate where business fits in my life instead of being consumed by it. It's more of just a facet of my day-to-day. And so I think those are all really healthy things. And then I think like as a mom, it's a good feeling to know that I'm doing something that I'm passionate about, that I'm proud of. so excited for Opal to grow up knowing that I you know, chose my occupation and I'm, I'm pursuing it with like a, a passionate, you know, um, approach. And I hope that she'll learn from me seeing me work and then also seeing that I can still be a good mom to her. So I, I'm excited about all of those things. Yeah. I love that you say that because, you know, we, we have three boys and then Vivian. And so like with having the three boys, I've always come from it from the opposite perspective where I want to raise our boys to be supportive of their future spouses, right? To say like, I support you if you want to work. I, you know, take half of the burden because I think that like in our age group, like we're in that transition phase where some of our spouses are more helpful than like dads and grandparents were. But I think that we still have some more work to do on getting there. And so it's really important for me to raise the boys as strong supporters of, you know, the, the future women in. In, in their lives um yeah so that's kind of how I'm doing it because it's important right it is and I think you know like my mom had a really hard time and still does seeing me work and I have to remind her that I enjoy it I enjoy working yeah. I love doing both I love being a mom I love working and um I chose this I I, I you know have to remind her of that because she didn't she did work for a while and then she did work part-time but it was never like she was doing 
something that she was like so passionate about, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and my dad too, I think they struggled with that, but it's been good for them to see that like not every family dynamic has to be the same. Brad and I are truly 50, 50, like we're 50, 50 parenting. Yeah. We're 50, 50 in our businesses, everything. Like we share all responsibilities, chores, everything finances like we're just split and I think that's different from how we grew up and I think it's hard for my parents probably to see that but they've learned to be like okay well if you're happy you know then then we're yeah I think and I think you hit the nail on the head too is being passionate about like we don't feel like our jobs are jobs like we you know like you and I we really love what we do we love helping our clients and it brings us joy Mm -hmm. to do our work you know you know sometimes like you know I have to tell myself like it's not work time Kimberly like go be with the kids right and you can come back when everybody's sleeping and I don't even have to but right but like sometimes I, I I think I think that's a big part of it is that passion and that enjoyment of what you do and so it doesn't just seem like you're going to work to do a job but like we really feel like we're helping like I mean we're both you know really doing amazing things for our clients and so I do think that that plays a role um in our happiness level and the reason that we choose to work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah okay so on the flip side of course what is the biggest challenge of being a business owner and a mom so I think for me the very beginning when Opal was little, we had in-home care. And I found that personally incredibly challenging because I felt like I never could really focus on work, but I also wasn't spending time with my daughter because someone else was taking care of her. And I think even if there would have been no one else here, she still would have been here and I would have felt like split. And so when she was eight months old, she started school and that was a huge transition for me to be like, okay, now I can work. And when she's out of school, I can be with her. And so that that was a big challenge that I had to kind of like work through in the beginning that I didn't really realize maybe in its entirety that it was a challenge mm-hmm. until, but now that I'm going through this again, it's like I already know from the beginning, like when the baby's born, we'll have her home, you know, for a little while, but then still go during the day to a caretaker so that I can work. And then when it, whenever it's time for them to come home, then there's like no work. And I think being able to compartmentalize I didn't realize how challenging it was for me to do both at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was one thing. And then also too, I think with my job, um, like the older Opal gets, like the more I feel sad when I leave on a Saturday because she is at school during the week. And I want to spend, like we had a weekend off last weekend. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what a weekend is like, you know, we could go swim and we could play and we could, you know, do all the free books and so it, that is really hard, just, like, being away from her during the week. Um, and then also, too, like, if she's sick or if I'm sick, there's just no sick days with mm-hmm. what um, we yeah. we do. And so that – I think that would be the most challenging thing. But we're trying to make adjustments for that and, um, like, going pick her up early during the school week or keeping her home some days. And that's mm-hmm. been a really cool way for me to navigate that and then also intentionally planning moving forward how to diversify my income – and make it so that I as many weddings per year, but rather focusing on like a smaller wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's so smart. Yeah. We, we talk about that sometimes too with, um, chances work schedule. It can be 
uh, very, they, they have outages. And so he'll be gone for 15 hours a day, six days a week. And same as you, as the boys are getting older, it's like, they notice that he's missing yes. things, right? Baseball games, um, you know, Cub Scout this. And and so we are like, same as you, like, I mean, he loves his job and we don't see him changing it. But at the same time, it, it is an open conversation that, you know, we have here and there, mostly when the outages happen. Um, you know, like, what, like, what is this going to look like for us as the kids get older? Because especially, and in, in Opal's not that far behind them, but not only um, is is he feeling bad for missing things, but they're noticing mm-hmm. that he's missing them, and they're also not old enough to understand a hundred percent why. That like this is part of Daddy's job. It's a it's an important part of Daddy's job, and Daddy loves his job. He may not love this part of his job, but he loves his job overall. And you know sometimes we have to take the bad with the good occasionally, but also weigh it. And so I think that those are those are um, conversations that get like harder when they're at an age where they don't understand and then maybe like a little bit easier as they get older mm-hmm. and they can understand. I mean, it, I don't think it makes it any easier if your parents missing something, but it, it at least, um, you know, they can understand it and have phone calls. Like now they can at least FaceTime him and stuff like that before they go to bed. So um, it's, yeah, I feel like it's never ending that the struggles we have are just changing yeah. as they get older it's not necessarily easier it's just I agree with that even from zero to two has changed so much yes yes so and and I feel like two to three is such a tough age just um because they're starting to like assert their independence but they can't and like they can communicate but they can't fully communicate and they can't fully comprehend like I'm saying no not right now but all they hear is no no. and like (laughs) but I just mean not right now but they like Beckett only heard no, no yeah. out of that. And also, you know, she is only two, but she is like dada working, dada work, mama bye bye. Like you hear that already mm, at I know. two. So I know. So it's like I know that she knows. And I take that very like we all do as parents, take that very much to heart and, and are doing our absolute best to, you know, structure our lives in a way where we can like be financially stable because mm-hmm. hashtag survival, but also be yep. a great and present parent agree yeah one thing um so gage uh he was probably about three and uh, or maybe it was hun- i don't know some kid they all get lost sometimes <laughs> but one kid wrote what does mom what does mom do all day and what does mom do for work or all day and it says she works at a computer and i do i i sit at my office and i work at a computer but I would sometimes like in an effort to not send them to aftercare, kind of similar to your situation. I, they didn't want to go to aftercare. So I was like, okay, I'll pick y'all up from aftercare. But if I pick them up from, if, if I didn't leave them at aftercare, that meant I picked them up at three. Well, I was still having to get work done at three. So I was like, all right, y'all come sit at the table. I would get out the Play-Doh, the arts, like whatever, so that I could sit at the table and feel like I was being present with them, but working on my computer. And I think that there's a time and a place for that, that it's okay that they see me work and that they see that like sometimes mommy has busier times of work than others. But I've also been trying to be really mindful of like, let me go upstairs, let me do my work, whether somebody's watching them downstairs or they do just have to go to aftercare so that when they're home, Mm -hmm. I'm not on my computer, Mm -hmm. I'm not on my phone, I am just present with them, playing outside, helping them with their homework, building Legos because even though I felt like I would, doing both at the same time I really wasn't mm-hmm. and they just saw me on the computer same same and it's heartbreaking yeah it is yeah yeah 
It is. But we're, you know, sometimes we're all just doing, the like, sometimes it does have to be that way. I just, I want that to be the exception, not the rule mm-hmm. as we move forward. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. All right. So my last question that I love to ask all of my guests on the podcast, if you could go back to a year ago, and it could be two or three, it, the time doesn't really matter. What's one piece of advice that you would give yourself based on what you know now? So I think that you told me to think about this. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily have like anything that's so specific. I mean, I think, uh, I think that maybe because two or three years ago I wasn't a mom and then maybe now I am. And like you said, I've transitioned from being a business owner into being a mom and business owner. I guess that maybe I could just give myself a little bit of encouragement to be less fearful and more confident in the fact that like, I have the skill set to figure it out. And that being a mother has been incredibly hard on my heart because seeing your child sick or seeing them sad or seeing is like the most challenging thing I've ever like emotionally experienced. Mm -hmm. But I know that I am a good mom and I know that I'm doing the best that I can. And I think that, that we all need to just like ourselves that a little bit more and not be so Mm -hmm. fearful you know, like the amount of fear that I had before I started like really accepting the fact that I was going to have a child. I was like, what am I going to do? And even like labor. I mean, there was so much fear. And even as I'm pregnant again, there's Mm -hmm. fear again. Like it is there, it is ever present, but I feel like maybe just assuring myself um, and assuring other moms out there that like, you have the skill set and like you have the tools to figure it out and mm-hmm. like you know you know like within you when you see your child and they're sick and you see your child and you're sad like yes we're not perfect and yes there are resources so seek out resources mm-hmm. okay that know more yeah. than we do like oh my gosh the what to expect blog i like live and die by that blog i swear <laughs> I Hunter read that uh, for Vivian's pregnancy. He knew what uh, what size she was every week. Oh. I didn't know. People be like, "How far along are you?" I'd be like, "You're gonna have to ask Hunter yeah. that." No, but even past the pregnancy, like I get the weekly, e- the, no, sorry, daily. I get the daily emails, even still, and they know how old your child is. So it's like mm-hmm. right now, I'm, I was yep. literally reading an article yesterday about teething at two, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." I felt the back of her mouth. I'm like, "She is teething," and I think like, "Yep," you know, there are resources out there, but. Also, you know, you do have the ability to figure it out as a mom and you're going to figure it out and it's going to be scary and it's not going to be perfect, but like, it's going to be fine. You know, you know what I, do you know what I just heard from there? I heard you say that you are strong and we are strong because moms really are some of the strongest human beings in the world. Absolutely. And I love that you're doing this podcast, by the way, Kimberly, because um, I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of moms out there that are trying to figure it out, or maybe they're like, I was, they're an entrepreneur and they know that they want to be a parent, but they're scared. And so they could listen mm-hmm. to a resource like this and say, Hey, she was scared too. And guess what? She's doing okay. 
and that's all good. You're doing so much more than okay. You are doing fantastic. Thanks, Don't even say the word okay. You are doing fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. I think this was a really impactful episode. You know, it's I want these to be really conversational. So sometimes, like. I don't know where the conversation is going to go when we get started. And I don't know that this is what I thought was going to come out of this, but it was so impactful. And just like that, that real transparency that I was looking for, because I, like I said, I did, it didn't even dawn on me until you said it, but I think that we have all felt at some point in our businesses, once we become moms, that we have been penalized in some way or another for being a mom. And I just think that we need to like, you know, acknowledge it know that we're strong enough to move past it know that it's them right what's that saying like when you're breaking up with someone it like it they you say um it's not you it's me but I definitely feel like in these situations it's you it's not me like it's definitely you right because I think that like we shouldn't be penalized for being moms and business owners like I, I think that we should embrace it so thank you so much for for sharing your stories with us today Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of people are going to resonate with well it. thank you so much for having me I appreciate you Kimberly thanks Kat all right bye bye Thank you so much for listening to the CEO Moms Building Wealth Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and found inspiration in the stories of our incredible CEO moms. If you found value in this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend who could benefit from our empowering conversations and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform to help us reach more listeners. This ensures we can continue to deliver content that resonates with you and together we can create a community of CEO moms who uplift and inspire one another. And remember, building wealth is about more than just financial success. It's about creating a life that fulfills and empowers you. So keep thriving, chasing your dreams, and nurturing your relationships. You're an extraordinary CEO mom. See you next time.